All right, gang, it's time for another episode of The More You Nerd, and we're just going to release it on Tuesday. Oh, oh, let's push it back to Wednesday. Yeah, I think we could probably do it Thursday. We could definitely release it by Thursday. We might have I'll, to push I'll, I'll be out of to, town Thursday. Might have to push to Sunday. Next Wednesday? All these release pushbacks, we must be talking about movies! Hello, everybody, and welcome to your new favorite podcast, The More You Nerd. Yes, that's a, it's a catchphrase. Two weeks in a row. That means it's going to stick forever. Out. <laughs> I'm sorry, Miles. You cut out completely right there. We're trying some stuff out. <laughs> I am trying some stuff out. There's um, some, there's I some weird issue uh, with your intro, though, because you said it must be movies. Uh, it must be any form of entertainment media. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But, but with movies, usually, usually with movies, once you have a release date, you have a release date. Video games get pushed back all the time. It's regular for video games to get pushed back. TV shows. I mean, who even knows when most TV shows are coming out unless they're very specific TV shows. TV shows are always on like a set schedule that is like this to this and I mean, one of the networks tried to make a tried to make a Zoom TV show last year. Let's just remember that that was a thing that they tried to do. But movies, half of the movies that we're going to talk about today were supposed to be out last year. Some of the movies that we're supposed to be talk or that we're going to talk about today are, are supposed to be out next month, and they are not going to be out next month. So we've been doing this. Hey, we'll uh, see. We've been doing this uh, movies that are uh, that that, you know, are like stuff that has a release date and stuff that doesn't have a release date. We're just going to do one list because release dates are meaningless for movies right now. That and I also think we're going to stick with 2021 for the most part. I mean, if one of us has something absolutely that we want to talk about for next year, I I can't. Well, I mean, I can think of things, but like nothing that I feel like has to be talked about today if that makes the, sense the batman is the only one that i care about the batman uh, uh speaking the batman, the batman is on there and and one i'm going to talk about later because part what or part two comes out in october um it's supposed to be back to back so I'll, I'll i'll fit it in there yeah uh so speaking of definite articles let's talk about what we have been watching lately and i'll start off by talking about the movie that i have seen most recently the suicide squad that's right the suicide squad uh it's it was a theatrical release also out on hbo max following this ragtag group of ruffians just trying to get on the right side of the law what an absolute blast i mean james gunn absolutely knocked it out of the park for me 100 percent. i i did not enjoy the original suicide squad movie uh i i i had some things that i liked uh harley quinn pretty good in that movie harley quinn i liked i liked will smith in it too honestly yeah, he was not bad he was not bad honestly he, he, he wasn't the problem the writing for that character was the problem yeah, honestly the character work of all but like two characters in that movie really good but the script and the plotting and the whole thing 
was really not um like amanda waller no, has some I, I almost like amanda waller in the first movie more than the second movie but that's a whole other conversation well i don't think you're supposed to like her in the second movie i mean like i i think i think enjoy the, the, enjoy the, the ba side of the character Sure, I, I think Gunn played the character much closer to like her original comic book kind of introduction, where she's technically on the side of the good guys, but she's not necessarily a good person. And I think they did that much better with this one. And the the, the cast was a blast. They they put a great group of characters together, and. I mean, I, I had I had the best time. I have a King Sharp hat now. <laughs> hat. Hat. There's just some tremendous lines in there. The, the way the whole movie is set up, there are like, I don't know if yeah, you're familiar with the phrase Chekhov's gun. Yes. Yeah, there are like so you use it all the time. I do. I should be. <laughs> I do. I, uh, I, I there are so many Chekhov's guns like there's a Chekhov's. <laughs> there's a Chekhov's bullet um, there's a whole bunch of <laughs> whole bunch of other stuff that happens in this movie and the characterizations are really good the casting especially of the, of, of the new folks like Ratcatcher 2 is just spot on heart of the movie what a tremendous and this is this is what Gunn did with Guardians of the Galaxy is he took characters that people legitimately do not care about for the most part and I mean, yes, you have Harley Quinn and King uh, Shark and some characters that, but you also have Polka Dot Man, Peacemaker, whoever Pete Davidson's supposed to be, um, <laughs> Blackguard, Blackguard. <laughs> you know, I thought that was a joke, but like, it's just they, he did the, the exact same thing because I feel the problem with the Suicide Squad, and this is done in a lot of Suicide Squad comics, but the problem with the first one was. All right, we're going to try to bring in some larger, like some B tier villains instead of like C and Z tier. And like we've got Deadshot and Killer Croc and Harley Quinn and Katana and Enchantress. Like we've got a lot of these characters who may not be absolute A tier, but they're pretty big villains or, or anti hero characters. <laughs> and then you have Slipknot. Or all yeah. five seconds that Slipknot's on screen. Uh, it, but the, this, this one goes much more in the the kind of weird character direction outside of Harley Quinn. Yes. And uh, I, the, a part of this movie, I'm just a spoiler warning to skip five seconds ahead uh, if you don't want to hear this. But uh, Harley basically has her own movie in the middle of this movie that is completely it's, separate it's from everything and else. She she a hundred percent. I mean, I loved Birds of Prey. I think Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn has been character defining. One hundred percent. And she loves the character. She has been on record saying that she will do that character as long as they let her do that character. And when you have Oscar nominee Margot Robbie wanting to play a comic book character constantly, you WB, you pay her that money and you let her do yeah, that. You thing. pay her that money. I don't care what she wants. And especially when James Gunn's like, oh, I'd love to work with Margot Robbie. She's like one of my favorite people to work with in the entire world. I'm just like, yeah, yeah. Let here's the thing. I, I do want if they if they do Gotham City Sirens, I do want a woman behind the camera. Yes. That said, yeah. I would love to see James Gunn direct Harley again because he did such a great job. Yeah. Um so th those two things can both be true. Um 
100 because and, i definitely want gotham city sirens <laughs> well and, and james gunn has done such a bang-up job with this that they're already tapping him to do another movie they haven't announced what it is yet because they're probably in pre 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 pre-production on it um but i, I mean I, most of james gunn's directorial work has been pretty i don't want to say well received it's always been kind of on the fringe until guardians but he did slither which was kind of a a B movie with an A budget and had Nathan Fillion and well, half the people he still works with. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is it, was, um, uh, was Earl. What's his name? Um, Michael, Michael Rooker. Michael Rooker's still in there. <laughs> yeah. Michael Rooker is one of the uh, main characters in there. And I mean, it's a, it's a great little movie. I've, I've seen James Gunn and Michael Rooker interviewed together and the affection those two have for each other is really, it's, it, there's something pure about it. Yeah. It's it, it, it's it's wonderful. I mean, they both came up in the the kind of independent horror scene. You know, James Gunn came up with Troma and Michael Rooker was in the the underground cult classic Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. So these guys had crossed paths before. And I think they were both kind of getting into, you know, Hollywood, per se, around the same time with Rooker doing stuff in the mid 90s and then getting getting more consistent work. But has become elevated from a character actor, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Brooker also, with, with when he works with James Gunn, doesn't just get to play a creepy racist dude, which is a lot of what Rooker's Yeah, he gets to, <laughs> he gets to beyond you, you know? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so The Suicide Squad, you have like a week and a half left to watch it on HBO Max before it disappears for a while. Um, it's couple months yeah it it is fully r-rated it earns that r rating and uh yeah that's all i'll say about that Yeah, a lot of people a lot of people were like oh this is gonna be like guardians but but rated r and i'm like yeah that's what the suicide squad needed to be totally cool with it too totally fine (laughs) yeah it's exactly (laughs) what it needs to be um and i mean obviously this is was one of the ones that i've watched most recently um I have I think I've mentioned this a couple times since returning that I've been on this weird disaster movie kick. Uh, for So at the beginning of the pandemic, for whatever reason, oh, I don't know what what reason everyone was watching the uh, 2012 movie, I think it's 2012 uh, Contagion. I think it's like 2014. Oh, to, wait, Contagion uh, with uh, with uh, um, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow and uh, what's his name? Yeah, I believe it's got Hilary Swank in it and um, came out. Yeah, 2011 is when it came out. I was going to say, I thought that was um, like yeah, a 2005 Paltrow, movie for some reason. It, it was 20 it was 2011s. But I mean, it's got a, a, a insane cast. It's like Matt Damon, Kate Winslet, Gwyneth Paltrow, Jude Law, Lawrence Fishburne, Marion Cotier. Um, I get why that movie was something people were watching because... <laughs> kind of topical um, yeah, i could not have watched I, I that went, or outbreak or that's where that's any where of that I'm at. Stuff. i didn't need to watch that i did want that kind of cathartic viewing and so i started watching just regular big old disaster movies um some were the, the kind of you know earth ending roland emmerich day after tomorrow deep impact kind of movies and some were the, the actual disaster movies of the 70s that kind of kick-started everything like air airport and the towering inferno and it's been really interesting for my film education because i historically kind of have always shrugged off disaster movies you know i always had the idea that they were these 
you know, superficial special effects spectacles. And for whatever reason, that mattered to me at one point uh, where I was considering myself a serious film watcher. <laughs> and the thing is, like in the 70s, those were like these big event pictures because you had all of these Oscar nominated directors and writers pulling in talent from all over all Oscar nominated, like Hollywood legends you got like Jack Lemon and Christopher Lee in the same freaking movie. It's, it's wild. <laughs> and so I started just watching a bunch of these and, and really kind of fell in love with the genre. Even some of the goofier ones, like the core. Lava tubes. I don't know if you ever saw the core with uh, DJ Qualls. <laughs> no, uh, uh, I've never seen it, but wasn't a, uh, uh, uh... One of the Ghostbusters in that movie. Uh, um, possible. The, the the famous line that was cut from the movie is because DJ Qualls plays this like hyper hacker kid. He's like, I'm going to do Hot Pockets and Star Trek tapes. Because at the time, that was something that you, I guess, couldn't easily get. And apparently Paramount got upset about that. And so they changed the line to Xena tapes in the actual finished film. <sighs> Like we've come a long way since what two thousand and one. So that I mean, outside of my 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 typical horror movie watching, that's I've been watching a lot of of those. And then uh, most recently, because it's been in the news, I watched all of Rebuild of Evangelion. No, because Amazon got exclusive Western rights to what to uh, debut the fourth and final film in the the tetralogy i need i need everyone to know miles didn't do air quotes but he definitely inferred them what of the final <laughs> oh no i mean Anno is done now so he he says he, says he's he would done. be fine with other people he says he's done i believe him but he's fine with other people like taking ideas from what he's done because he, he considers the tetralogy like his that's the definitive version of Evangelion now, uh, for better or for worse. You know, it's uh, been it's been so long since I've seen Eva the series, and I have and I was I have not seen any of the rebuild stuff. I, oh, Miles! I, I said this was like, an, is this going to be an anime next year? <laughs> uh, it, it can be. I, I'm I'm not going to lie. Um, I've always respected Evangelion. It's never been my favorite. Um. There is some really, really interesting things about it. And I think there's also from a, a narrative and audience standpoint, some infuriating things about it. And I'm not talking about it being something that's, you know, philosophically ponderous. It's some of the characters annoy the living hell out of me, <laughs> particularly the protagonist. <laughs> and getting, I, I get some, the flack from some friends because <laughs> getting the robot. No, but it's not even that. I, I I understand what's being done, but I still think in terms of communicating a good character, it's he's just not my favorite. But I do think that it it's certainly, I think, a better experience than the original series and movies were. I I think it I, I think people probably should watch it if they're into in, into anime just because it's it's such an important part of the conversation of anime as a whole. But it's not one of those ones where I'm like, you have to watch this because it's so amazing. And I have friends who who live and swear by it. It's just not my personal favorite. I would much rather make someone watch Cowboy Bebop or 
to be perfectly honest, Mobile Suit Gundam 20, uh, 0079. Well, speaking of that, the last movie that I want to talk about right now, I was waiting for a, a way to, to, to oh, introduce yeah. this. <laughs> I didn't even mean to do that. Yeah. yeah. It's a segue, baby. Uh, I want to go back to one of my favorite anime series, and there was a brand new world release. Uh, it did get a limited theatrical release in Japan, but it got a worldwide release everywhere else on Netflix of all places. Mobile Suit Gundam so awesome. Hathaway. Uh, Hathaway being the the sequel series to Mobile Suit Gundam Shars Counterattack, based on a novel that Gundam creator Yoshiko Tomino wrote uh, back in the day, uh, now being adapted for animation. This was supposed to come out in 2020, but as COVID started happening, the they they kept pushing it back. But one thing they did when they pushed it back is they went back and and redid some of the animation and they updated things. And you watch the original it teasers. Gorgeous. You watch the original teasers of that that movie versus what came out. And it's like, man, they put the work in. It is visually gorgeous. The the music and the audio is fantastic. It is it's lit really well. Like it's 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 such it's, a it's exceptionally directed. It's exceptionally directed. It is maybe the best Gundam movie they've made, which is saying something. Um, I'll, I'll say a lot of well, Gundam movies okay. aren't as good as the standalone series. Standalone movie. Yeah, so I would say best standalone movie that isn't a compilation because I, I honestly think that the first Gundam movie uh, is excellent. Yeah, so so I will say uh, on the 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 counterpoint to this one, this movie, if you choose to go and watch it, is the first movie of three and the next movie they have barely started working on because the pandemic may not be out until 2025. I'm I'm, I'm so sad because it's so good. The character work for for, uh, Hathaway is so, so wonderful. It's it's fantastic. The actual conflict and situation is some of the most interesting stuff Universal Century has done in 25 years. Yes. Yes. Uh, The other side of the coin is if you are not pretty invested in at least four previous things that happened in the the Gundam franchise, this movie is not going to make a ton of sense. There is here's what I loved that Netflix did is Netflix, knowing they were getting this film, put out the original Gundam trilogy movie as well as Shar's counterattack on their service. Because you can essentially watch all of those and then Hathaway's Flash. It would do you some good to read some cliff notes about Zeta just to get some context for a couple things, but that's it. They they released the the Really, I was going to say bare minimum. I think that's selling it short. They released the specific things that you have to know that. Yeah. Uh, and, and But again, that's like <laughs> that's like an eight hour investment of time <laughs> before getting to this new amazing. Yeah, thing. They're not, not going to put 52 episodes on there. Like, OK, you have to watch all of this, then watch this two and a half hour movie and then you can watch our new movie <laughs> and and there is the other side of that this was a novel that was written back in the 80s early 90s and there have been gundam series like unicorn that have come out that 
this this thing at least so far does not reference at all because Good. it was written because it was written before unicorn was a, a, a twinkle in anyone's thought um so if you, join, if you join the cosmic crit discord my feelings about unicorn are, are very well known <laughs> audrey um anyway i would like to get into now talking about some movies that are coming up now again some of these are pretty sure things with pretty sure release dates. Some of these are not. Heck, some are coming out in two days. Oh, I don't have one until September, so you're going to have to hit me up, baby, with what is coming up next for you. Handyman. Uh, this in living color. Is... Character? <laughs> no, this is the uh, the reboot slash sequel to the original 19. 19- 90 film Candyman. Uh, oh, Candyman. I thought you said Handyman. And I was like, what movie is Handyman? No, no Candyman. Candy Thank you, Discord uh, Audio, by... for <laughs> that. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so, did you now anyway. understand what I meant by Handyman when I said that in Living yes. Color Character? <laughs> you were just being a jerk um, no i just misheard you oh man so uh Candyman, directed by nia DaCosta, produced by jordan peele it takes place basically 20 years after the original Candyman film and this is a, a film that people have been looking it was supposed to come out over a year ago um that's going to be a running theme in a lot of our stuff uh and and tony todd has returned in some capacity as as the Candyman, um, I've seen I'm some screenshots. Oh. I've seen some screenshots from him. He's looking pretty Candyman like. Yeah, I mean, also that man is like sixty six years old and still looks amazing. Uh, and there, um, there there was a group of people that referred to Tony Todd as Candy Kern for a long time because he was Kern on uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation and Deep Space Nine, yeah. and he was excellent there. I mean, he's always excellent. He does his genre work, but. I, I am I am so so excited about this. the The original film is such a, a seminal, iconic horror film for for a variety of reasons. One, it's an excellent slasher film, but it's, it's also a a staple in uh, the black horror experience. Which, if you're at all curious about, uh, get a free trial for Shutter and watch the documentary Horror Noir. It talks about uh, the African American horror experience through cinema history it's really really excellent it's something that that producer jordan peele cares a lot about like if you look at uh uh get out and and us and and i am so excited because nia DaCosta, after Candyman, her next project is the marvels the captain marvel sequel that's pretty good uh which has her beating uh the record set by ryan coogler from black panther as the youngest director to direct a marvel film well that is to be said and that goes into my uh first movie on the list that i'm not sure when i'm going to catch because it's out september 3rd shang chi and the legend of the ten rings the the first big and i said i know black widow came out but black widow's got history i said black widow <laughs> uh, i i still have it because uh, it's good it's actually very good i, and I you just, know how much i dislike the star yeah that's, that's a good, very good point um well it's florence pew's movie so well but uh shang chi is a 
longtime character in the comics coming out of the 70s, I want to say. And uh, we have Simu Liu playing uh, playing Shang-Chi in this kind of very first of the next phase of Marvel movies. Because uh, Black Widow is still, I, I, again, I say without having seen the movie very much buried in the past of Marvel, this is going to be presumably something that has ties to what has come before, but is going to be largely a brand new thing. Uh, yes, I mean, Black Widow, and this is not a spoiler, takes place during the Civil War time frame. So it is largely... A, a prior phase movie. Yes, there is a post credit sequence that takes place in the present. It doesn't matter. Uh, I would I would consider this the first phase four film. And I'm really excited because it feels like a different flavor for Marvel. And they've been doing that it with, you know, <laughs> perfection in their TV this year with Loki, Captain uh, oh, Falcon, Winter Soldier and <laughs> WandaVision. All three of those have been distinctly different flavors and very different feeling for the most part from the movies. The cap, the the uh, the Falcon Winter Soldier, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it feels a little bit more like the the Marvel movies, but Loki and WandaVision absolutely did not. And Loki was tremendous. So, so having something that's more rooted in kind of a the the martial arts genre, like a full on martial arts fantasy film, is extremely exciting for me. 100%. I'm very excited. I just this one is not getting a Disney Plus home release. It is only a theatrical release. And I am interested well, to see a little bitter about that. <laughs> I'm a little I'm I'm interested to see how that goes. Because I think a uh, lot of plans were made when a lot of plans were made in the midsummer, late summer when things were looking pretty good and things are not looking as good right now. So yeah, and that that makes the, some theatrical. I, I've only actually been in the movies once. Uh, a few weeks ago, I see the uh, the Green Knight, and which is a movie I, I hoped you would talk about. I still want to see it. I just haven't gotten to. And A twenty four did one night of streaming for that movie, and it was mm -hmm. in the middle of the week. And you could only it was you could only stream it on like a Wednesday at seven p.m. Yeah, it was a Wednesday or a Thursday. And I mean, I, I went. To, it was my first theatrical experience back, and the movie is. I like it. I don't love it. That does some really interesting things. I think it's a lot of fun to talk about. I think if you have any interest in Arthurian legend, it's it's very, very it's also it's an art house movie. It is not a it's not Neil Gaiman's uh, CGI Beowulf. It's not the what the guy Richard King Arthur film like it's a it's an artistic attempt to retell an Arthurian legend. So keep that in mind when you watch it. It definitely looks like that. It reads like that from the trailers. Anyway, I mean, it's an A24 film. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> anyway, back to movies coming out and I'll just I'll stick with I'll stick with the Marvel. Uh, well, Sony, Sony Marvel. Before oh, wait, I, we just skip to this one. <laughs> well, I didn't have anything between then, but uh, uh, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, October 15th, that comes out. Oh, wow. You skip it all the way to October. OK. Yeah. Well, look, I I didn't have anything that, that struck my interest. But man, if you want to go, we'll talk about a little Venom and then we'll jump back in time. Yeah. Uh, kind of um, like kind of like a bunch of people wish they could to put movies back in theaters. I love loved the the first Venom movie. It felt like this wild movie that someone had made in 2001 and plucked it out of existence and dropped it in 2018 or whenever it came out. 
it feels like if this had come out like in between Blade and X-Men and the Tom Jane Punisher movie, this would have felt right at home. <laughs> have you have you seen the first Venom? I own it. Haven't seen it. It's it's a good time. Um, I, I have some problems with I have plenty of problems with it, but Tom Hardy's fun. The the fun they have between Eddie and the symbiote is amazing. And the, from the looks of the trailer, they they amp that up <laughs> uh, and Carnage looks really cool. And the casting of Carnage with uh, with um, um, Woody from Cheers, Woody Harrelson. His name is Woody. I should have just remembered that. Uh, it's pretty good. I, I'm I'm very excited about this. This has been rumored to possibly be on the block to get moved again. Um, I know when they they moved it to October 15th that it, January was also being talked about. So it may not be a permanent date for this movie. Again, we have continually said that release dates in quotes. I mean, there you can go on Amazon and buy a, a Black Widow poster that has a May 2020 release date on it, I'm sure. Uh, um. So one movie I want to talk about that's coming out in theaters and VOD, which is to me is still the way to be doing things, because if you feel safe enough or in a good enough area that you can go see a movie and feel safe, that's awesome. More power to you. But I think most people should be watching these at home, which is what I've been mostly doing. Um, and this one is one I would definitely probably watch at home, uh, although I would love to see it on the big screen. And that's Prisoners of the Ghostland coming out September 17th. Ah, no this wonder. Is... No wonder I missed this one. <laughs> never, oh, I've no. Never, never heard of this one before. You're going to want to watch this trailer. Uh, Nicolas Cage calls it the wildest movie I have ever made. We're shutting it's... this podcast down right now uh, because this sounds fantastic. Um, he plays this kind of wandering samurai. It's like a neo-noir Western. And he plays this criminal who is sent to rescue. And this all is kind of like in a, um, what's that show that we really liked? The martial arts show with Nick Frost. Uh, uh, not uh, Outland. Into the, into, um, the into, the into the Badlands. It's it's that kind of thing, but a supernatural setting. And so he has to rec rescue some governor's daughter who is in this this dark supernatural universe and be this badass samurai but he's also like modern it's not it's not like set in like feudal japan or anything like that <laughs> and it, it absolutely insane and this is nicholas cage coming off of willie's wonderland the movie where he basically murders five nights at freddy's dolls so for him to say this is the wildest <laughs> movie i've ever made i i i this is on my radar the poster looks amazing. The trailer looks insane. I cannot wait for this movie. Nick Cage just doing whatever he wants to do, man. It's crazy. Yeah. It's wild. Um, and I, I've got another one coming out. This is one, if you're a fan of dramas and, and biopics, and, and uh, Krista, my girlfriend, is a massive, massive sucker for things based on a true story. And this is an interesting one. And if you lived in the American South, it probably one that you know a little bit about it's called the eyes of tammy faye i forgot uh, about this it, movie yeah it's got jessica Ch chastain and andrew garfield telling the story of jimmy baker and tammy faye and it just looks one both of them look exactly like the bakers i mean i 
the first time I saw the trailer, I didn't really recognize at first that it was Andrew Garfield. And I certainly didn't recognize Jessica Chastain. And it just it looks like it, I mean, it's probably going to be to me. Some people say Oscar bait, but it definitely looks like one of those movies that will be in that kind of conversation. It looks like it's. Giving a really interesting view about some complicated situations, and I am really, really interested in what this this movie could do for that story. Uh, Miles, do you remember Heritage USA? Vaguely, yeah. So Heritage USA is the water park uh, theme park that uh, the Bakers, uh, yeah, 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 ran yeah. Uh, with their with their uh, their thing. Um, there's, yeah, yeah. there there is a very famous photo of jim baker going down that water slide in a full suit at the opening of the park oh boy yeah my dad took that picture it's one of times uh pictures of the century uh my, that's awesome my, i had no idea my father i know, I know, your, I know your dad was in the the um journalism business but i had no idea that's awesome well it, it, he 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 himself is very uh is very uh you know he he's he has told the story to me as uh there are plenty of people taking that picture he was just the first one to get it <laughs> submitted to ap <laughs> uh because uh and uh yeah i just linked it to you because you know it's it's and granted the 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 where this was was all like i have seen this picture yeah it's all like 10 minutes from my hometown this is all real real hometown stuff <laughs> yeah no i mean like i said if you if you grew up in the american south you were very very uh familiar with with the bakers and if you grew up yeah you know, obviously in the the 80s and early 90s you you knew who they were um and i i i, I i'm not always super attracted to a biopic um it I can be hit or miss with those, but something that looks like it's going to discuss and shine light on stuff that maybe we didn't know so much about or like come at it from an interesting angle. I mean, Jimmy Baker was was Jimmy Baker. The the movie does not really uh, sway from that. But Timmy Faye is an interesting, interesting person of interest. And I think that I don't know why I said interesting so many times in that sentence. (laughs) I think this movie is going to go into that and the complicated nature of her life. And that seems extremely fascinating to me. Yeah, because she had a whole life after him and after yeah. this that was relatively successful and yeah, and, and very it different. was still a wild ride. And she ended up with someone else who got in trouble with the law. Like <laughs> she had a type, but it's, yeah, apparently. it's yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited. And this takes its name from a documentary from, I think, 2001, also called The Eyes of Tammy Faye, which you can uh, probably easily find now if you're just wanting the actual information, because sometimes that's better than the movie. And, it, um, and, and as, it may be it may be out immediately once the new movie oh, comes oh, out. Absolutely. Uh, for me, I can skip September and go right into October if you want to. Yeah. So, Miles, it, it's October 15th. It's Halloween kills. Oh, I, I, got, I got something before that. Oh, you got more. Got you have things. something before. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, get yeah. to. All right. You have. We got you the have, Adam's family too. You have. You have a minute to talk about uh, your October movies. You spooky boy. No, no, no. I mean, these two are just the Adam's family two and the new Hotel Transylvania. Both of these are delightful, 
spooky themed animated kids movies. I love the first Adams Family. I didn't think I would because as much as I appreciate them using the Charles Adams style, it's not super visually appealing for a CGI movie, but it's excellent. And Hotel Transylvania, I've just I just I love to pieces. And Adam Sandler is someone who's kind of had that that kind of curve back in his career where people appreciate him more and more now. Yeah. Like he had that one period where everyone was kind of sick of him. And then he started doing like a couple things for the, Netflix the, that weren't the, that bad. The Grown Ups 2 era. <laughs> yeah. But then he did that. And like he was doing some Netflix movies that were, you know, murder mystery, which was not bad, but not great either. And then he did Untouched Gems or Uncut Gems, which was excellent. I still haven't then, seen that. I need to see that. Yeah, I think you like it. It's 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 uh, anxiety ridden. Um, then he did Hubie Halloween, which I found absolutely delightful. <laughs> I really loved Hubie <laughs> Halloween. It, I mean, but it also I think because it took me back to back when I liked Adam Sandler movies a lot, like the or the late nineties. Like it feels in the, at home as like a a better version of that kind of. Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, Waterboy era. It, it fits right in with those. See, see that that sounds more interesting than the way it looked because I, you know, we we cut our teeth on those movies. We watched. I know I've seen Billy Madison two dozen times. I've seen Happy but Gilmore more times than anyone really should. <laughs> really, I mean, it was on TV constantly. You got to give us a break. We didn't have streaming back in 1998. <laughs> no, but I did rent that movie far more than I should have. <laughs> Oh, Veronica I, Vaughn. Anyway. <laughs> uh, you also skipped, although I think this date might have moved, because, I mean, yes, I, I love both of those animated franchises. I'm excited about both movies. I don't know if October 1st is still for Hotel Transylvania because Amazon recently bought that movie from Sony for $100 million. And so we'll see what happens there. But correct me if I'm wrong, Drew, is No Time to Die still slated for October? I have not watched a James Bond movie since uh, uh, um, when Daniel Craig took over, so I did not even catch that on my list. Ooh, we might have to do a month for that. They're very good. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Bondtober. I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> but, uh, no, October's my month. And as part <laughs> of my month, yes, October 15th, Halloween Kills, the, the sequel to the 2018 uh, sequel slash reboot slash retcon. Uh, that yeah, was, how, uh, so this is a question I have for you, Miles. So yes. this movie is a sequel to a movie that mm -hmm. was a sequel to the original that mm -hmm. bypasses a number yes. of movies that already existed as so, sequels to that movie so in remember, two different eras. So yes, <laughs> how remember what do you when, call this movie? <laughs> the sequel to Halloween, uh, also called Halloween. <laughs> remember when we were super excited that the director of oh god, I just lost his name, uh, Neil something or other, Blonkamp. Yes, Neil Blomkamp. Uh, How did was, I know that? <laughs> I know. But when he was going to do Alien and bypass everything that had happened and just do this is alien three and how excited we were for that this is the same concept 
this so Halloween 2018 is a sequel to Halloween. Everything else that happened afterwards is ignored. And it's a great it's it's a great sequel. And I'm I'm someone who flies the flag for Halloween 4. I I own the poster. I have t-shirts. I have signed DVDs. I'm a massive fan of that movie, but I just I love what they did and this is the direct sequel to it and I'm really excited because they showed a lot in the trailer in terms of this is how many like kills we're getting. But the stuff that that uh, David Gordon Green, which is like the guy who did Pineapple Express is doing an amazing horror movie series right now. <laughs> I can see like, I can see some some creative DNA as someone who oh, sure. I mean, who enjoys getting Jordan really Peele, high. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like most comedians make great horror and or, or Bill Hader doing Barry. You know, there there is something about comedians that can that can delve into that world, and th- th- this this has been an absolute love letter to the the possibility of the Halloween franchise, and I'm really really excited because they're I think they're going to be talking a little bit more of like the social uh, like ramifications of someone like Michael Myers still being loose, and in terms of like how the community reacts. And it seems to be an uh, analogy of like Michael Myers might be the metaphor for something going on right now. (laughs) This is the the 19th Halloween movie, if you include all of them. Yeah, I'm I'm (laughs) very, very excited. Um, Jamie Lee Curse knocked out of the park. Uh, Judy Greer knocked it out of the park. Uh, I'm I'm. Yeah, I I cannot wait for this movie. I can't even be eloquent about it because I'm just so excited. I've been waiting to see this movie for so long, and they have promised no matter what happens, this movie comes out on October 15th. So whether it's in theaters or VOD, and it might be the next time I go to the movie, might be to see this movie (laughs) unless unless we are living in a worse hellscape. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I'm going to skip a week ahead to a movie that I am extremely excited about. One we've talked about on this show a lot. And that. It's funny because we're there are two movies that we are talking about right now. And Miles doesn't know which one I'm going to talk about, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I'm going to I'm going to do mine and I'll let him do his. I'm super excited about Dune. Dune comes out October 22nd. (laughs) The uh, there's another movie you'll get to talk about. Yeah, (laughs) I know. I'm excited about Dune, too. I'm very excited about Dune. (laughs) You're going to get to talk about Paul Atreides getting launched off of a a porta potty catapult or whatever it is. Uh, (laughs) But uh, (laughs) Dune, uh, not much more can be said about it than we've already said. It is a, a new movie. Denis Villeneuve, who did Arrival and who did Blade Runner 2049, which was just excellent masterpieces in my opinion this is the dude has just everything he's put out has been amazing and and dude was supposed to be out last year (laughs) and then it got pushed to this year this is one of these movies uh that they've been sitting on but they haven't started work on the sequel because they haven't made the money back yet and they're really worried that they're not going to make enough to justify making the second one which i just can't imagine that Warner Brothers is legitimately saying that or if they're just only saying that to drum up ticket sales. But this is also going to be on HBO Max. So, yeah, and I don't know the metrics for that because. They've the conversations a lot. about these movies have been messy 
about these movies that have been released on a streaming service at the same time about, uh, uh, as theaters. And I'm talking about the big tentpole movies. Like Godzilla versus Kong was seen as this massive, massive success. It was the return of movies in terms of this movie did great business. Um, one week, uh, what's it? A, a free guy does about $20 million and it's considered this massive, massive success. Suicide Squad does about the same and it's considered a flop. These no, I I didn't see here that I Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad made a record for R-rated movies. Oh no, the conversation on online has been really weird. It's but, been but, really bizarre. But, but the but the the two things are not the same because Free Guy was only in theaters and Su- the Suicide Squad was also I at home. I don't disagree. I'm just talking about the actual discourse online. That the, um, ignore ignore the discourse online but, because nobody nobody's that, that's having that discord well, so, discourse online has anything to do is, with what's is, actually going on. I feel like the studios are still paying attention to some of that because I don't want that to keep me from getting a second dune movie because i feel like this movie is going to get played a lot on hbo max and may not get as many people in the theaters i think that's true but i also i I hate to tell you everyone out there the way that they're advertising the dune movie and the what the dune movie is going to be are two very different things this is not a big crazy act i mean it will have big crazy action scenes certainly we've seen evidence of that in the trailer but this is this is not a big crazy action sci-fi shoot 'em up franchise. This is a franchise that is about introspection and thinking and 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 I I, I can't even like agree or disagree because I've never read Dune. <laughs> I've tried to read Dune, Miles. You want to know what happened when I tried to read Dune? I've tried to read it twice in my life, three times actually. The first sure time I, tell me. the first time, yeah, I am because that's how I set things up. The first time I ever tried to read Dune, I opened the book and there was a 40 page, four zero page glossary of terms. This is not Star Wars. <laughs> this is this is a movie that is that 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 has a lot of religious subtext to it and a lot of just religious text to it. It's it's part uh, uh, Lawrence of Arabia. It, it's it's a whole thing. And uh, you know, uh, here, and, here's the thing: is this movie will be an entire wash if uh, Kyle McLaughlin doesn't get a cameo. We'll see because Agent Dale Cooper deserves to be in a good <laughs> Dune movie. Even though I think I was one of the people defending Dune because I actually kind of liked Lynch's Dune, but even Lynch doesn't like Lynch's Dune. You can't do that, man. <laughs> I know yeah, but plenty, Lynch doesn't like being told what to do. <laughs> plenty of people love the the Lynch's Dune movie and talk about it to this day as this groundbreaking thing that they saw i was only intro- listen to our episode about it <laughs> yeah it was only introduced to me after knowing that people didn't like it so that I, you know you know it doesn't matter anyway dune october 22nd i'm gonna see it i don't know i would love to see it in a theater because i want to see the big sandworm on a big giant screen because i think it'd be a really cool effect but we'll see what happens in a few weeks in the meantime also on october 22nd miles go ahead and say it well, no, no, wait, wait, wait. You have you have one more movie coming out October 22nd. I do. Although you may not realize it uh, because I know you are a fan of this person. Wes Anderson's The French Dispatch comes out. Oh, yeah. I didn't I didn't include that because I like Wes Anderson movies, but I, I don't watch a lot of Wes Anderson movies when they come out. Uh, the last Wes Anderson movie that I've seen is uh, 
<laughs> it's been a long time. It's been a long time. The I Moonrise haven't even, Kingdom? Uh, I was a uh, grand, uh, Marigold Hotel. What what was it? Um, oh, Grand Budapest Hotel. Grand Budapest Hotel. Not the second best Marigold Hotel. The Grand Budapest Hotel was the last one I've seen. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, oh. it, it used Helvetica font everywhere and had uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> 60s, uh, 60s folk music as the, uh, the soundtrack. Moonrise anyway. King is like the only Wes Anderson movie I like. Um, we'll do we'll, we'll do we'll do uh west timber it's fine we'll watch uh oh no <laughs> oh no you're uh, just like lined up his next decade of birthday challenges <laughs> um so also on october 22nd is probably the the moment the theatrical moment i think that people have been waiting for for one a long time but i think it's it's the one thing to bring people together during such a a time of of conflict in the world and i think that there's no better way to heal somebody than with the gift of laughter and that gift is provided by none other than the one and only johnny knoxville and his jackass family as we get jackass forever in theaters october 22nd i will probably risk getting sick to go see that one as well (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny, Miles. I've only seen, uh, of course, I watched the Jackass show when it was on MTV because I was a teenager in the late 1990s, early 2000s. But uh, I've only seen the first of those movies. I have not seen uh, two, three, or is this four or is this five? This is four. Jackass Forever. I, um, uh, they oh, they I spelled mean, it F O R, not F O U R. So I couldn't tell whether it was actually the fourth yeah. one. I mean, it ain't the MCU. You can watch one without having seen the others. It's that's. <laughs> It's it's jackass. Um, <laughs> but, but how will I know where where Stevo is? Uh... <laughs> um, I love Johnny Knoxville. I'm a massive massive fan of Johnny Knoxville as a person, as an actor, as a stunt performer. I I am. It's so weird because I don't think a lot of people would peg me as someone who would love Johnny Knoxville, and he is just someone who. Whenever I see him, it brings a smile to my face. And I watch these interviews with him and he's. He delights in the life that he's had, (laughs) and he hasn't obviously had the the, you know, the. Rougher history that some members that have gone through the jackass halls have had, he's always seemed kind of not like he was on the straight and narrow, but like he always seemed to at least have his responsibilities in the right place he, i don't know if he, he's he, in the right place because the stunts he does are pretty stupid I, I understand the 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 fallacy that i'm about to say but he seems the most well-grounded of the jackass crew see yeah i was trying not to say that but yes that, that might um, that might be because he is the one that has faced the most electrocutions <laughs> <laughs> but he also like weirdly looks the best out of any of them like he looks amazing steve-o's looking all right once he cleaned up yeah his voice is shot though um i because i listen to his podcast sometimes and it's really steve-o's really turned his life around i've i've really like loved listening to like his stories and and some of the stuff that he's he's gone through he's had people that he actually had conflict with back in the early 2000s like this sounds funny but he had icp on his show and he was like, hey, I know, like, you know, this is why I brought you on the show was not to talk about your new album. But like, I know I was kind of a POS back in the day and I wanted to make good. Mm. And it's it's been really like not even tumbling. Just, it's been really inspiring to see like some of these guys like, you know, use their. 
talents, but use what they're famous for uh, for, well, for for I, good. I think, I think you can call that a platform. I mean, they have a they have Pla- a platform is the perfect yes the, uh, one that they will leap off of. <laughs> <laughs> right, and like I've I've enjoyed John Knoxville's acting career. I think most of the stuff he's been in has usually been interesting. He was recently in a, a horror film as like this preacher, and he is so good. And I loved him in, gosh, the uh, Action Point, which was the fictional story about the uh, New Jersey Park Action Park, or which, as it was often called, Class Action Park. Well, uh, which is also the HBO Max documentary Class Action Park, which he is also interviewed for. <laughs> yes, because uh, he you know grew up in that area and he did a lot of stunts for that movie that he should not have done and got into a little trouble with the studio because of how much his insurance cost. Yikes. Um, uh, so yeah, apparently, apparently most of the jackass budget isn't from flying everyone places. It's to cover everyone's insurance. It would have to be for for those people, especially on their fourth outing in it as a movie. Um, but yeah, I, we, we we talked way more about jackass than I expected to. Yeah, man. I, I apologize, but I'm also not sorry. Uh, yeah, look, I'm going to go ahead and say there are a few movies that deserve to be talked about that we're not going to get a ton of time to talk about because we're almost at an hour already. So I'm just do do you Miles do you just want to go bullet just bullet point this list until we talk about the big one the big yeah, uh, monumental so, one that we just got the trailer for yesterday? <laughs> sure, uh, Antlers is a indie horror film that was supposed to come out in April 2020 that I'm super excited for. It's got Carrie Russell. It looks really really creepy. Uh, Last Night in Soho stars uh, Anya Taylor Joy, who was just an actress on fire, and this is Edgar Wright's new movie edgar wright famously fired from ant-man but also did shawn the dead uh hot fuzz world's end awesome director and this is a kind of surreal i think horror ish movie it looks like it may not be a horror film but it looks like it has some uh, weird surreal time travel nature to it i'm not quite sure um and uh November, we have the Eternals. Eternals, which I still haven't watched the trailer for. Uh, looks awesome. Looks to maybe set the stage for some things we might be working with in the MCU, or at the same time, could be something that takes place so far outside of everything that it, it may not pay off until much later. But Star Studded Cast looks like an epic time spanning sci fi film. Super, super stoked about it. Uh, November 11th, might pause here. Ghostbusters Afterlife. I I know I think we've talked about it a little bit before. I am a massive, massive Ghostbusters fan. I love all three prior movies and I've played all the games, read the comics, the books. I, if you're a ghost head, this is this is an easy choice. Um, and then I think uh, uh, two I more that I have in November. Top Gun Maverick, which I'm only I, interested I, I in. I did not realize that was going to be your other one. <laughs> to- totally. Uh, November 19th. Just I'm just interested because Top Gun was such a thing and then not a thing. And then all of a sudden a thing again, as if it was trying to recapture the 80s magic. It was all supposed to be out last year. So we'll see. Um, Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City is supposed to be out November 24th. I don't think wait th- for it. I, I, I think you're going to have to because I'm not sure it's going to be out November 24th. We have not got no, this the is one that Tony is doing 
And having just sold Hotel Transylvania to Amazon, I think if they are worried about the theatrical release, they will do the same thing with Resident Evil. Um, well, I, yes, but what I'm saying is I'm not sure that movie's done. because I, I It's I, done. Yeah, they, they, they actually had a uh, thing not too long ago about like, well, we just we, we finished shooting and we're done. Uh, I think the production ended in May. Uh, they they were just doing some reshoots in May. Uh, that, so, so that's I just figure if it's out in November, I would have seen a teaser by now. But, you know, this times being what they are. So it's a little, that, that, little different. You, know, you bring up you bring up an interesting uh, conversation here, Drew, because I feel like more and more studios outside of the big ones and even the big ones. It used to be you would see a teaser for a blockbuster film in summertime for a film that wasn't coming out next summer i specifically remember seeing the first flintstones trailer and it not coming out till the next year yeah um i think now in the digital age and especially now that we've had this in the era of the pandemic you're not seeing some of these trailers until they're closer to actually coming out and i think that's a smart move because what it maintains excitement and momentum close to the release date because in, in in these times, you may not be able to, to bank on that. Yeah, I mean, you can't bank on any release dates right now. I mean, look, let's look at all of these movies here. Well, no, you can't you can't bank on VOD. I mean, like, I, I think the first VOD uh, success that we saw was Bill and Ted. And that was because that came in as a kind of the first like bigger movie from the pandemic. And everyone was like, OK, we have to give money to Bill and Ted. <laughs> We Bill and Ted deserve the best, and our boy Keanu needs deserves needs, everything. Deserves everything, which is why the Matrix Four is apparently coming out in December twenty second, and I don't know that that's going to happen. Okay, but. so so okay, to, to, despite what I just said, <laughs> I do agree with you there because we have heard nothing about this film, and I'm not. Con- I'm still not convinced this movie exists. I know that Keanu was in Europe filming it, but man, oh man. uh but yeah as far as as far as resident evil is concerned i i am really really excited it's supposed to be based on the first two games in some capacity uh chaos Scudelario, who i have been a fan of since she was in the uk uh drama skins is playing claire redfield who's one of my favorite resident evil characters robbie amell is playing chris redfield and i yeah I, i think all the casting that i've seen is just pitch perfect and i'm hoping the movie's good i'm not banking a ton on it um i've seen i'm actually a big fan of several of the director's films he did both uh 24 sorry 47 meters down films the shark movies but he also did the strangers pray at night which was an extremely smart and self-aware slasher film which makes me think he could possibly do something super fun with resident evil we'll see We'll see. Uh, and um, this, I think from here we can probably skip to because I mean, I'm excited about House of Gucci because it looks interesting, but I think we can skip to what you want to talk about. Yeah, man. So, uh, <laughs> Marvel, Sony, Disney, uh, they decided to just drop something in our happy laps. We saved movies to the end of, of, of this time, uh, just, just in hoping that what would happen happened and they graced us with it last night. The trailer for Spider-Man. There's a reason for that. (laughs) Well, yes, the trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home release date revealed December 17th of 2021. Miles, 
we have a new Spider-Man trailer. I am very excited. I am so excited because big Spider-Man fan. I love Tom Holland Spider-Man. I love Zendaya. And I love what they seem to be doing here. They the the trailer sets up uh, Spider-Man, uh, Peter Parker going to Doctor Strange to help to get his help to make people forget that he is Spider-Man. And in doing so, and in realizing that he doesn't want everyone to think of forgetting Spider-Man, he just wants most people to forget that he's Spider-Man, throws the multiverse into chaos as we have one of two things happening. Either the multiverse is collapsing in on themselves or our Tom Holland, Peter Parker bouncing around to different multiverses. Uh, and one of the the most iconic things that we see in this trailer, spoilers warning for a trailer because it's such a big moment. Big mechanical arms coming out. Alfred Molina as Doc Ock back again. And with a great delivery of just hello, Peter. It's it's so good. I'm so excited. I I have loved both of these uh, Spider-Man films. I defend them vehemently from our former co-host, Patrick, um, on our discord. <laughs> But I, I love both of these movies. I think they're great. I think Tom Holland is the best Spider-Man. Yes. I don't care what anyone else says. Um, and I I honestly, I hope the rumors are true. I, I hope we do see Tom McGuire and Andrew Garfield. I think that will be fun. I loved Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man, so I would love to see him get the chance to, to be in that again. I know that we know that Jamie Foxx has been cast as Electro. Well, that that was a confirmed so, thing. So this is this is something that I adore about this trailer and about people on the internet, <laughs> because I love you people on the internet. There are so many like screen grabs that quote prove that someone is in the movie. There oh, is there are screen grabs of some electrical burst that are like, look at that. That's Jamie Foxx's electro. Well, I mean, the, Jimmy Fox has talked about being in the new Spider-Man sure, movie. Sure, sure, sure. Then there is like a figure that you see almost completely obscured in darkness. And people are like, oh, that's the lizard. That's going to be the lizard. And then my favorite of all of these is in the, the, the part of the trailer where it looks like uh, Pete is being uh, interrogated by some cops. And there are scenes of of a guy and all you see of this of this individual is is, is, <laughs> is a belt and an, and hands. And the the tweet I love in prof- that I just I adore it because I, I, I want it to be true as much as I'm almost sure that it's not is. Tell me that's not Matt Murdoch's hands. <laughs> <clears throat> Look, if it's Matt Murdoch's hands, I honestly out of all the dumb rumors about this movie, not, not even dumb, just the wild rumors about this movie. The one that I want to be true the most is Matt Murdock in this movie, because that means that they're willing to use Charlie Cox and Matt Murdock. And I want more Daredevil. Uh, yeah, <laughs> sure. I didn't even watch Daredevil season two, but I, I want more. I want there to Dude, be more. You need, you need know, to watch season two and three. <laughs> oh, maybe I didn't watch season three. I also didn't watch Defenders. But, but statement stands. Didn't I didn't watch Luke Cage season two. <laughs> oh, stop talking. Stop talking. Um, I'm I'm very, very excited about this movie. I think it looks like a lot of fun. 
I love. I mean, even just seeing the little pumpkin bomb was a treat. And the and the laugh that that people are dissecting to see if that's Willem Dafoe's laugh or if this could be potentially another goblin. Like, I mean, I don't care either way. If we saw a pumpkin bomb, it's great. <laughs> I, I mean, it looks like a ton of fun. It looks like a, a, a multiversal of adventure. And uh, I'm I'm very excited. The one thing they haven't said uh, or at least if I, I didn't notice, notice if they said it, it's coming out December 17th. Is this theatrical only or is this going to get a home release? And that is the big question that I think if I had to guess today is August 24th of 2021. And that is December 17th that they haven't made that decision yet. And they are weighing all those options in between now and then. I could see I could see. And there have been rumors that this might happen. I think some people think that, that the, the rumors of them selling Spider-Man are bogus, but I think they might sell the rights to Disney to put Spider-Man on Disney Plus for that, a yeah, price. They, they will not give up the rights to Spider-Man because they have too many other things. They have Morbius next year. Well, Maybe. it's also their only billion dollar franchise in the last it's uh, far from home. I think is their highest grossing movie yeah. of all time. I am looking at a Sony it's, PlayStation yeah. three right now. And I look at PlayStation three and it's in the Spider-Man font. Sony ain't parting with Spider-Man mm-hmm. for cheap. No, and, and I don't they, know if they're parting with Spider-Man for anything. And well, they again, they have venom let there be carnage coming out they have morbius coming out they have so many so much stuff wrapped up in this ip and what if morbius never comes out we'll see and they they have disney in a little bit of a predicament because disney really wants to use spider-man <laughs> so well that and like dr strange is in this movie <laughs> so and the thing is i don't i don't know i don't know the 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 particulars about their deal nor do I. But it's also if they're using a multiverse it is extremely important because Doctor Strange 2 deals specifically with this. So I imagine there is a lot of connective tissue with the new phase of Marvel that starts here. They've pretty much said it starts well it started in one division, but starts with well, in the theaters with Spider-Man. Kind of really started with Loki. <laughs> well, one division came out first. Anyway. Uh, I know we I know we have missed movies. I know we have not. Oh, talked. I've missed a lot. I know we have talked too much about some movies and not enough about others. And that's OK, gang. We are I'm in sorry this... I, for Jackass fans. I will do better next time. <laughs> so with that said, we're going to end talking about movies and talk about something very, very sad. And that's it that we will not be here next week. There is no episode of The More You Nerd next week. Miles is unavailable. It's all his fault. You can blame him for anything and everything related to that. So we are going to go ahead and introduce what we are going to be doing two weeks from now as we enter September. I didn't have a cool name for it, but I, I hope yeah, that... I looked at Drew's Drew's face, realizing I have no name for this yet. <laughs> I, did, I did a whole arm gesture and everything. It was so we beautiful. have been wanting to do comics again. And because it's been a hot minute, I think, since the last crossover. It's been what? a while. I don't I would have it's, to look it up and I'm not going to. It's been a year. Yeah, it's um, been. So we are going to do something that could get out of hand. It's. 
will be very, very fun. But so next week, uh, because at the end of the well, next month, at the end of September, Drew will be out of town. Uh, and that's all my fault. <laughs> so that was all his fault. So we are going to be dealing with a short month, but it actually works out. We are going to be talking about the what was built up to be the crossover to end all crossovers and and whether or not it delivered. And that's debatable, but it will be a very fun conversation. And we're going to split it up this way. We're going to go ahead and kind of spell out the month for you. We're going to be talking about the crossover event DC versus Marvel. And this is something I have actually wanted to do for a little bit. Um, DC versus Marvel was an actual miniseries that took for for those who don't know, that took place in 1996 and basically brought these two universes fully together for the first time. And so for week one, we're going to talk about the first two issues. On week two, we will talk about the last two issues. Both of these conversations will be a little bit longer because we're going to also talk about the uh, the fights and the matches that take place within, giving our own thoughts and weighing in on what we think might happen or what should have happened around this time. And then on the third week, and, and as the final week in September, we are going to pitch our own DC Marvel crossover. It doesn't have to be a versus. It just has to be a DC Marvel crossover. So, Drew, if you want to do something where you want someone to be versus somebody else, you are more than welcome to it. If you want to do a team-up situation, that's awesome, too. I think it's going to probably turn out to where they're going to start off the first part of the, the crossover at odds with each other before they realize that there's a big never mind. <laughs> yeah, because there's been some wild DC and Marvel crossovers. There was literally a Thanos dark side book. It's like, OK, that, that's fine. But yeah, it'll it'll be I, I, I almost wish we were had the had the extra week so we could go a little bit into the amalgam stuff. Um, that's that's and, for next year. We'll do we'll cover amalgam yeah. next year. <laughs> but. So what we're going to do, um, we won't, I might post on our Twitter what the main matches from the first two issues are so that you can, if you want to write to us and weigh in on who you think should win in these matches, or, or if you've read the book, uh, I, I have a copy, it's a little hard to come by now, I'm sharing my copy with Drew, um, if you've read the book, then what you think should have been done differently. I'm really excited to hear people's thoughts because DC versus Marvel is not something that Drew and I like to get involved in conversations with often. We're both comic book fans. We love both companies, but it's also a talking point from for nerds since these companies formed. So this will be the one time we kind of really dig into DC versus Marvel. And that's gonna be interesting because i haven't ever read this before and i know that there are some pretty interesting matchups that happen in it and uh i don't know there are some there's some wild matchups there's some wild victories and it's it's, it's a wild story uh we will talk about it more in depth uh i have not read this in about 25 years well then <laughs> um it, it it's been a while it's definitely been since i was a kid um so we'll 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 see we'll see what happens. <laughs> so that's going to be in two weeks. So don't miss out. Uh, don't miss us too much, gang. It's going to be okay. Um, 
But uh, in the meantime, if you would like to reach out to us, you can find us at themoreyounerd.com where you can find our current episodes and all of our past episodes, all 10 years plus of episodes. You can tweet to us at The More You Nerd. You can go to facebook.com slash The More You Nerd. You can always email us themoreyounerd at gmail.com. That's themoreyounerd at gmail.com. So until next time, everybody. These are your hosts, wishing you farewell, as we always do, with a rousing... Nerd! Nerd. Out! Out.